Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What up, everybody? It is 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia. Points north, south, east, and west. Me and B. Mitch together again out west in Ashburn, VA. Good morning, Brian. How you doing? What up, brother? How you doing? Uh, I'm good, dude. We are out here getting ready. Uh, We get to meet the coordinators today. Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Witt are going to speak to the media this afternoon. Um, A lot of interest around that, I would say. Uh, I think, you know, especially with Kingsbury, a guy that that comes in with a a fairly high profile to be an OC. Um, Joe Witt's the kind of guy that's like a young a, a aspiring candidate that the young up and coming defensive uh coordinator which i think in about five years that'll be the, the lore of uh the nfl what the thing that kind of got us talking this morning which i imagine bugged landfill because we forgot to put our headphones on and we were just talking ball but uh the niners decide to get rid of steve wilkes yeah um i seem like know, a scapegoat type situation to do me you think it is Bro, you give up 19 points to the Kansas City Chiefs in a regulation. In regulation, and you had multiple opportunities to score offensively, and you don't. And then you let a guy go. Listen, I know they're saying that. Well, it just didn't work out. No, you just didn't make me look good enough. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Niners over the course of the season, they were third defensively in points allowed, eighth in yards allowed, um, generated the fifth most turnovers in the league. Um, I, I don't know, man. If you watch the Super Bowl, I don't know that their defense was the problem. I, I think you could look at, honestly, the way they were getting gashed in the run game against the Packers and the Lions, I think might be a problem. Um, I just, it, that seems like a pretty damn convenient. Like, oh, we lost. I got to do something. Um, doesn't it? <laughs> but but think about it. You can dislike the way it looks, but we didn't win in the Super Bowl, and I'm making changes. How many times we didn't win in regular season for four or five games in a row and no changes were made? I at least like the fact that they're saying, you know what, we got to get better. Although you damn near perfect, you have to get better. You know, I – I, I at least like that situation, that part of it. Yeah, you know what was funny is I saw this. Um, Calvin Watkins has covered, I want to say it was Calvin Watkins, maybe it was somebody else. It was a, a tweet last night that kind of went viral um, on the decision to get rid of Wilkes. And it was just like, if you look at everything that happened with with the Niners in that Super Bowl, I mean, to me, I, the biggest stuff I would point to outside of Kyle's decision to take the football in overtime, mm-hmm. like the only decision-making thing I saw that is really questionable anyway was the decision to take the football in overtime. How about the 3-3 uh, three, three and outs in a row when you're not running the football when you have been gashing? Them? Sure. You but know, that, that goes down. They hadn't the run the ball that – I mean, CMC was still under four yards per carry. But, like, the two biggest plays, the blocked extra point, and the muff punt. Yeah. Like, 
That's not on coaching either of those. You know no, what I mean? That's like, not on coaching, but I, I still think this. Okay, I, I know we get caught up in stats where you feel we have to run over four yards to carry. If you're getting three point eight yards to carry, three point six yards to carry, three point nine yards to carry, it's under four, but you still have a threat of the run. But when you just dismiss it completely, you're gonna have a problem right there. Because what a defense does now, oh, they don't want to run it. Cool. Pin years back. So I, I just think that it's the flow. And one thing about it, the San Francisco 49ers run the ball effectively all the time. And if they keep running, even if they hadn't gotten some stuff, that is what you do great. You never want to get rid of what you do great in the best, in the, the biggest moment of the year. Did, did, Kansas, did, did Kansas City go away from what the hell uh, they were doing all year? No, right. they went right back to it. And I want to say our condolences go out to the family I mean, that lost uh, – Lost a, a family member Between yesterday. what happened in D.C. yesterday and what happened yeah, in Kansas it's, City it's, yesterday? I mean, I think our country better get a hold on this crap because now the criminals and the bad dudes think that they have a right to just do what the hell they want because in a lot of places no one is uh, going out and prosecuting you. Do it to the fullest. You'll stop, you'll start, uh, stopping the other people who think it's okay to do something and just go do it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think people come to us for – a distraction from all that stuff, but it's just it, hard to be distracted when it's happening on a daily basis. At a Super Bowl parade, and then what, I mean, what happened in, in DC was abhorrent. It, it's all just awful, and, and maybe smarter people than me can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, here was the tweet I wanted to read. This is from Clarence Hill, Cowboys reporter. Um, I think we've had Clarence on the on the show before. Yeah, um, this is so Sean Merriman, who we both know and, and like, uh, lights out tweeted. He just tweeted the update, the news update. I don't understand this one at all as far as Steve Wilkes being fired from the Niners, right? Mm -hmm. Clarence Hill quote tweeted that and said, he didn't touch that punt. He didn't tell Bosa crash on that fourth and one when he had contained. He didn't get Greenlaw hurt. He didn't make McCaffrey fumble. He didn't miss the extra point. He didn't settle for field goals on the final two drives on offense. So tell me again, how is it Wilkes' fault? Um I'd largely agree with that. He may have, in fact, told Bosa to crash on fourth and one. But beyond that, there's there's so much in that game, unless, and I don't know enough, and maybe you do, B, maybe there had been problems there throughout the season or it just wasn't going great, something. But, like, if that decision is a result of the Super Bowl, it certainly seems misguided. Well, I can say this. Uh, Steve Wilkes believes in himself. We all know Kyle believes in himself. And sometimes people that are in charge that believe in themselves can't handle somebody else telling them about themselves. And when you're not the final decision maker, those things can happen. But if you watch that game, that team for the whole year, there's nothing anywhere that shows publicly that Steve Wilkes should be let go. Now, if it's behind closed doors and you don't agree with each other, but the thing about it, you agreed enough to be, what was their record? Like 12 and 5 or something like that? Niners were better than that. So if you agree, if you got to a record nope, like that. you're absolutely right. 12 if you got to a record like that, guess what? Something is working. And what I've always said in football, in life, you're not going to totally agree with everybody you work with. But you got to learn how to deal with it. Because if, if the person you're working with is better for the success of your team, I can deal with the little gripes every once in a while. But if I'm going to get somebody that's just going to listen to everything I say and it doesn't work out for the best of the team, that's going to be a major problem. So looking at them next year, we'll see. 
They better hope the hell they go 11 wins or higher because they may drop off. You never know. Yeah, I mean, and they've lost a ton on that coaching staff, right? The year mm-hmm. before, D'Amico Ryans gets the job in Houston. They've lost a lot of offensive coaches. Um, it's going to be interesting what happens there. It just feels like there's the pressure surrounding that organization must just be immense. It is. Now that you've lost two Super Bowls. We all think that pressure uh, builds when you're losing. When you get to the big one and you don't get over the hump, that pressure builds even more because those expectations rise. Even I, I would love to be able to talk to somebody from uh, Buffalo when they went to four straight and I lost did. them. I would want to know what was the pressure level, the first one, compared to the fourth one. Well, <laughs> I remember, and obviously I was a kid, but I remember watching it, and I remember that the last two, when they got to the Super Bowl against the Giants, they were favored. Yeah. I think, were they favored against you guys? Do you even remember? I don't know if they were favored against us, but in our locker room they weren't. Yeah, I find it hard to believe they were. But by the time they got to the two against the Cowboys, I think they upset teams to even get to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. I think, I, I like, I don't think people expected them to get back, and I kind of think the national expectation was they were going to get their ass kicked. But still, that doesn't change what the pressure yeah. felt like there. So let's think about it. the Giants were underdogs. So two times they got oh, there with damn. the guy. The Skins were a seven-point favorite in that Super Bowl. Yeah, and it happened. But you know what? If you listen to Buffalo – and you listen to all the pundits all week, you wouldn't have, think, you wouldn't have thought that. I Listen, I don't but remember well enough. I kind of think that might have been Coach Joe in your head. No, no, because no, if no, you're it, a, if it you're it a touchdown Joe, favorite. It was really their team and a lot of the, the reporters that were just talking about how high-powered their offense was. Nobody yeah. gave a damn. But the ultimate thing is. They were a touchdown favorite against the Bills. I imagine some New Yorkers made a lot of money on that Super Bowl. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. So here's what. The Wilkes thing reminds me of something. And and as we go into today's press conferences here with an offensive and a defensive coordinator. Yeah. It's a self-preservation league, baby. It is. But I just think that sometimes we got to get past it. That, and when I am asked questions about the greatest coaches, naturally it's Coach Gibbs. Sure. With Andy Reid being a close second. But we saw an incident with Andy Reid and uh, Travis Kelsey. And – I was listening to everybody around the country talk about it. Then I talked to the big man. And the big man had no issue with it at all because he he stepped and it went off balance. And you can see how Wichcom goes to grab him, not to push him, went to grab him, and Andy stumbled because of the yeah, hip the replacement hip, he had. Right. And he his his words are, you know we deal with stuff like that all the time. We in the in the heat of battle. But that man doesn't allow the heat of the battle situation to dictate what he does when it's not the heat of the battle. And I think ultimately when you're a coach, just like a police officer or anything else, you can't allow your little personal gripes to allow you to react in a certain way. You have to be the bigger person. And when a coach cannot get past that little personal thing, that's going to haunt you in the long run. Agree with that. Um, I don't know. Good luck to the Niners. It, it feels like they're in scramble mode. I don't know what will happen there. Um, I would be because, you know what? <laughs> One thing I know about uh, athletics, you're not going to be 100% healthy every year. Right. For the most part, 
Windows closed. There are guys that really matter. Their D-line and their O-line has been intact for a good period of time. They start to miss out on some of those guys. That stuff is going to go south. That that window closes real quick. They've got some cap trouble. I mean, as it is currently constituted, they're over the cap going into 24. They've got a little less than a month to get some of that cleaned up. I mean, just looking at this outside looking in, it, some of it doesn't look that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Trent has a $31 million cap number with no guarantees on there. I imagine you extend that, yeah. prorate that bonus out, pay convert some of that. Um, you know, I what is Bosa's deal? It, Bosa's getting paid, bro. Ah, uh, I, I know he got the huge number, but he doesn't have much guarantees, and his cap number is pretty low. Yeah, but you know what? You got a guy like Bosa who's still producing at a higher level, a guy like Trent. You're not letting those guys walk out your door because what I, they're gonna do is end up going to a place like Seattle and play against you. Oh, I, I, I don't think any of these guys are going yeah. anywhere, but they're gonna have to make some sense of some of this. I mean, you've got just the cap numbers. You've got five dudes with a 20 million cap number or higher. <laughs> Trent Debo, Eric Armstead is his cap numbers. Eight with no guarantees on there. Uh-huh. Um, Fred Warner's 25 with no guarantees on there. George Kittle's 22 with no guarantees on there. They're going to have to do some massaging clearly. Oh yeah. Um, and if they got the right people, they can manipulate it, but, well, dude, in the front office, you got to wonder. They lost their number three guy. Like, how much does not having Adam Peters impact them going forward? Or does it? Maybe it doesn't. But I would argue it will. Yeah, you think. But sometimes, you know, people have their 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 S in order. Sure, okay? sure. And if they may have guys that still know how to do it, I've always felt if you don't know how to manipulate this salary cap and keep that intact. That, that's as, as important as having a quarterback. Because the guy can't handle the numbers and put them in the right position, you're going to lose out. Well, and I think a lot of handling the numbers, of manipulating the salary cap, is a willingness to spend a lot of cash. Yeah. And I think if you wonder why things were if – if you remember, Ron, Ron said it once, and I think he kind of didn't mean to say it, but Ron talked about the philosophy for Washington was cash to cap where they didn't want to necessarily be converting everything to bonuses because the bonuses you had to pay right away, but you could, but they counted against the cap over years. So it basically meant, like, technically there's a salary cap that can all spend the same amount, right? Yeah. But you could spend more now and spread it out over a number of years and then have more talent right now. Yeah. Like, if you look at how the Rams did it, what that Niners team has done, like... Cash flow was the problem. Yeah, and, and I think... B, I don't know if you agree with this, but we suggested this, I think, in late December, that, you know, if they do go defensive guy, the OC hire is going to be really fascinating. And we talked about how, you know, there's no cap when it comes to building out a coaching staff. Yeah. And these guys have deep pockets and are willing. Well, we didn't know the willingness, but we suggested it would be. Well, we're there. looking at the coaching staff right now. We knew the ability <laughs> yes. to pay. I mean, dude. Kingsbury's making five a year, don't you think? I would think close to that. I mean, what is Anthony Lynn making to come here? Three? But you got to realize, whatever, no, it may not be because you, you if he had any stuff left on his contract, right. he's still getting paid from those. So you don't, you might not have to spend as much. So getting some of these guys that are former head coaches or D coordinators and things of that nature, they may be still getting paid from another team. 
So that may offset it a little bit. Sure. That's even brilliance right there. But think about Quinn. Dan Quinn, I don't know this, but has been the coordinator in Dallas for three years. Uh Typically, coordinator contracts run three years. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that's not being offset by anything. Mm -hmm. And what do you think Quinn's making? Eight? Well, yeah, but see, the head coach is going to make his. What do you think Quinn was making as D.C. at Dallas? Probably about three. Three to four. I was going to say five. But but let's think about it, though. It's what you build. And right now, you're looking at them add people in. Randy's my guy. But do you think that he got more experience at the position now? They're starting to put. With Lynn? Yeah. Yeah. They're putting more experience in these positions now. People that have been around and had some level of success which is now making your your coaching staff look even more sexy. You know what I'm saying? So, ultimately, I just see that this is something good that's going on for them right now. And nothing is guaranteed, but they seem to be getting the people in place and the group together to make things uh, – give you a better chance. Well, dude, let's just do some rough math here, mm-hmm. all right? I got Quinn probably making eight a year. We're not worried about offsets, just the total compensation. Yeah. Say Quinn's at eight. I think Cliff's probably at five. I don't know if he's that high. I'm thinking about that now. I don't know if Cliff he's that or, high. or Quinn. Cliff. I can go with I can go with Quinn because he has experience and things of that nature. Ron was making about seven, so right. I would see him somebody going up. You want to say Cliff's at three? I go by three to three five. Okay, so we're at eleven. Uh, Wit to get him out of Dallas where they take care of people. I know we got the promotion, but I got Wit at a mill. Probably a little bit more than that. All right. but yeah. So, we'll call it 13 for the head coach and the two coordinators. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry Izzo, special teams coordinator. Mm-hmm. It's a mill, right? Probably so. So, we're at 14. Then you get down to the staff. Anthony Lynn's not coming cheap. Nope. Brian Johnson from Philly has options. Nope. I mean, I, I think you can get to – now, they did retain Tavita Pritchard, who's probably on a, a – by a lesser deal, but you see I what they're probably doing have right a twenty now, million dollar coaching staff. They're building a coaching staff where we can basically say, we can designate. I don't, I don't have to over, uh, what's it called uh, micromanage, because I'm hiring people with enough experience where I can say, go do your job, and we report later, instead of having a head coach who has to micromanage every damn thing. I was thinking about it as I was driving here. Our last head coach was micromanaging who was hired in other positions, which is not his job, especially when it's outside of the coaching staff. Now, I imagine last year, Ron, Eric, and Jack, between the three They're of them. They made about three to three, five. I bet the three of them were probably clearing 12, 13. Yeah. But I bet the rest of that fell off in a hurry. True. Um, you know what does not fall off in a hurry? ESPN Bet. That's right. ESPN Bet is now live in the DMV. As the official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get 100 bucks in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present within the state of Maryland or Virginia to participate. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Terms and conditions apply. See the app for details. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Beamage steal on my paper. Good morning, everyone. It's 1030 in Ashburn, Virginia and up and down the East Coast. That would make it 730 if you're out west listening. I don't know, maybe you wake up with us in uh, Santa Clara, California. Maybe um, you do. Big day today in Ashburn as the coordinators. Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt will be introduced to the media. We'll get to chat with them a bit. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to kind of – my biggest thing with Cliff, we know you were a head coach. We know you've been involved in quarterback development. What's your plan for the quarterback position here? And my biggest thing for Witt is – Yo, you have a track record of making secondaries really good. The secondary has been a disaster here. How do you fix it? There you go. Um, but zooming out some, I, I do think there is a, a talent gap in Washington. Certainly if you look inside the division at at Dallas and Philly, I think there's a talent gap. It is, but what if the development was the issue? Sure. And what if some of these guys here, let's just go, the guys on the roster right now, what if they play 10, 15% better? I think that changes the way things look. Uh, we're looking at one guy, I keep looking at, thinking about Jamin Davis, a guy who came in with all his athleticism, but but did, was not allowed to use it. And when you first try to put him at middle linebacker, you take away some of the athleticism of a guy when you put him at middle linebacker. Then you start putting him in positions. But when I saw him rush sometimes, the guy has a very uncanny ability, but he wasn't allowed to do it a lot. As I look at, I look around, everybody lined up and ran the scheme instead of anybody. We talk about how talented John and, and Duran are. And those two, how, how they ran games so good. Why wasn't that a bigger part of your game, of your game plan? Yeah. It's like we were we were like, okay, I drew it up. I'm going to put him in a position. This is what they're going to do. Instead of saying, this guy has this ability, let me use him differently in some things to put a little bit more innovation into it. I don't disagree that ta- talent can, be, can play better. Development can become more of a priority for sure. We haven't seen a ton of development here over the last four years. Mm-hmm. It's just the truth. I think – It'd be great if you can get more out of Jamin. Um, it'd be great if you get more out of Emmanuel Forbes. I think offensively, if you get Dotson back to what he looked like as a rookie, you yep. know what I mean? Like, there is some talent that either underperformed or wasn't in put, put in positions to succeed last year. But I, I still think they need to add more. They've just missed too much in free agency and the draft. Um, ESPN put together, I think this is – a combination of different people. Um, but ESPN put together kind of a list of biggest off-season priorities. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at Washington, if they can nail this off-season, 
they can turn this thing around fairly quick. Houston may have set like a unreasonable example to follow, but if you can follow Houston, you can turn this thing around real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at this, they've got about $65 million in effective cap space. Um, about 75 in total cap space, but they're going to have to sign all these rookies, including a number two overall pick. Um, biggest offseason priority here. This is written from the ESPN.com folks. Um, revamping the front office and coaching staff is obviously the first thing on the list. They've done that. Adam Peters, Dan Quinn. Then they've got to figure out quarterback. They've got an assistant, Jim, on the squad as well. Yeah, but do you know him, Newmark? Nah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know him. You know that he got his start as a scout for Bobby Bethard when Bethard was running the Chargers? Damn. It's a long time ago, Jay. It, yes, indeed. <laughs> but I think you got to like that. If you're if you're an old-school Skins fan, the fact that the new AGM got his start working for Bethard should matter, I think. Yeah. Um, it's funny because one thing you – I mean, hell, all walks of life. If you are an accountant or an insurance agent or whatever you do, you can always write your resume to look really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Sometimes by saying, I work with this person. Well, dude, Lance Newmark has been a scout, a grinder that people really appreciate and respect, right? And right now, he's able to be like, dude, I'm coming from Detroit. Look at all the hits we've had. And that's true. Detroit has been really good for the last few seasons. Yes, they have. But they've been awful for a really long time. Yeah. But it's funny how you can make a resume look different. He's been in Detroit for 26 years. Mm. They just won their first playoff game since 91. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you can look at the last couple seasons, how well they've drafted, or you can look at 25 years of that. But I'm cool or with it. you can say, well, in the last three years, I was making a decision. Of course. I was listening to somebody else in the first 20-something years. And he was a scout. He wasn't right. in this position for 28 years, 26 years. Well, it's like with, uh, with Peters, who I really like, and I think that's by far the, the most important higher they've made frankly Mm -hmm. i i I buy into peters all the way but like if you believe skins fans on twitter they're like oh no he had nothing to do with trey lance and maybe he didn't who knows well that's fans. like that's fans are trying to make it to where they can be totally into it they don't know that they don't have a clue i I mean (laughs) it's just crazy dude it's just crazy but that said I, i like everything they're putting together here um, you do have, I mean, the, by far the biggest offseason priority is quarterback, right? Yeah. We both have to get a new GM. Right. Yeah. You got GM, you got your staff put together. Now it's quarterback time. 100%. We both believe they're going to draft somebody at two. I don't, I, I, I believe that. Are you of the same mindset? Yeah. Um, that's not to say like, what would you, I'm at like. 90 chips they're going to draft somebody at number two. And then I'd be at eight more chips that they draft somebody. Maybe they trade back or something. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, 
I mean, maybe I allow for some craziness, some wild card. I can't go with the craziness. I think you, this is too important of a draft to try craziness. I, I agree with you, B. Yeah. I agree with you. But I'm just saying, like, I mean, is, aren't they going to release Russell Wilson? Like, who knows? But who knows? But I, I'm overwhelmingly believing they're going to draft a quarterback at number two. And it doesn't care who you like, who you don't. Mm-hmm. Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, we have a lot of time to, to try to figure out what that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is an under-the-radar offseason priority? Under-the-radar offseason priority. Uh, I don't know if it's really under-the-radar. Sure. I mean, I, when you go 4-13 and 13, – like, if you're a team that goes 9-8 and eight and mm-hmm. you just miss out on the playoffs, you're going to have some under-the-radar priorities. See, when I look at – You go 4-13, and 13, everything's kind of above the radar. I just look at the strength of San Francisco's defense. Those linebackers are damn good. I think about what happened when Greenlaw went out. Yeah. Maybe Andy would have just schemed something different for Kelsey to get open anyway. Mm-hmm. But it, there was a hell of a coincidence that Greenlaw gets hurt and then Kelsey takes over in the second half. Dude, I mean, the Ravens invest in linebackers. Like, these good teams. The Lions, if we're pointing to the Lions as our model, just drafted a first-round linebacker, and everybody's like, oh, what are you doing? You balled e- out. Even the dude, Um, and and I wish I remember which Twitter, commander's Twitter person it was, but when the uh, Chiefs drafted. Kalafkas? Uh, no, he's a good player. But the, the kid, Chanel, the Wisconsin linebacker, he was a third rounder in 22. So 22 was when they took Dotson in the first, right? Mm-hmm. There were people in, in Commander's Twitter space that were all about drafting this kid. And all he's done is play every game and make a ton of tackles. Mm. Um, the mindset is so much offensively. And I think ultimately if you can slow down offenses – in this day and age, you can win football games because you get the same rules on your offense as they do. Right. And if your defense is good enough to slow theirs down, that gives your chances of winning. They go way up. Yeah, I, I would say O-line probably needs a significant rebuild. Yeah. Um, you're right, the linebacker position. I don't know what's going to happen in the secondary. Um, Cam Curl's free agent. Kendall Fuller, the contract situation looks kind of interesting there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got Forrest coming back from injury. Quad looked good the, sec- the last month of the season. Mm-hmm. He did. I, I, there's a lot to try to figure out here. Um, there's also a quarterback question beyond number two. Like, who starts week one? What is the plan for a rookie quarterback do you need a veteran? Do you need three quarterbacks? How does Jacoby Brissett fit into all of this? Does he even fit? I mean, Jacoby had a one-year deal. We're going to tell you the answer when we come back, and we're giving away Caps tickets. Hey, Leadville, will you check on Jeff for me? I don't know what he's doing this morning. What are you talking about, JP? I mean, did you see what Landville put in the text thread? <laughs> you all right? <laughs> Do not listen to landfill, bro. I'm they drinking say in the desert, that's a good thing to do, though. I'm just saying, like. You just got to heat it up a little bit, when, burn the impurities, and you can 
Go with it. When you got no options, I understand. But, Jeff, they got a water fountain in the kitchen. <laughs> bro, I'm drinking apple juice, bro. <laughs> Landfill, what is it? I mean, it might be apple juice, but. It might not. It, it, it looks like something else, Landfill? Yeah. Oh, boy. You got a lot of vitamins in that one. All right. If anybody <laughs> wants to talk to Jeff right now, you can do it. Caller number 10 to 800-636-1067. You will win two tickets to see the Caps play Monday, February 26th against the Ottawa Senators at Capital One Arena. For tickets and the complete cap schedule, visit thefandc.com slash contest, courtesy of the Washington Capitals. Um, a good win for my Terps last night. Did you watch any of that? No. Dude, they were losing the whole game and then came back at the end. Impressive effort. Some some guts were shown. I was I was appreciative of that. Even the Wiz played pretty tough. I was pulling for one game last night. Detroit, Detroit Mercy. baby. Yeah, man. <laughs> Bees, I hope you're listening. <laughs> Way to go, Denton. Denton was on one with that. Um, Detroit Mercy, baby. And Bees called. I called Bees after the show. He's like, I don't know how you can take Detroit. They've lost every game. And I was like, Bees, that's exactly why we're taking Detroit. So, uh, Denton, Denton was on to that one. Um, B. What do you do with Sam Howell, and do you need a veteran quarterback presence? It's not a you don't. I don't think you need you don't need one hundred percent. You would like to have, but I think Sam is. Uh, you keep him on the roster. It's not very expensive. No, and also you know he has some capabilities. And let's get this straight. You bring in a guy now that people consider a quarterback whisperer. So if you get him to be, to be better, you improve the offensive line, that's a legitimate backup right there for you. Now, you are not suggesting ride another year with Sam as your starter, I take it. I didn't say that. Yeah. Okay. Because, I listen, man, I understand what the olden days were. <laughs> older days where you draft a guy, you let him sit forever. In this day and age, you draft somebody that, that – at the first round, in the top five, they're playing. Because I know people go, oh, you let them sit and they can learn. Let them sit and learn what? You let them play, they can learn too. But you improve the people around them so they don't get beat the hell up while they're learning. Sam Howell next year costs you a little more than a million dollars in salary cap number. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's shown he can play at the NFL level. Some good, some bad. I think he is certainly a qualified backup quarterback. Um, do you have any questions, though, about a rookie and a third-year guy as your only two QBs on the roster? You always have a third one sitting somewhere. Like Joe Flacco was on practice squad before he became a starter this year up there. In, uh... Yeah, but not – he didn't join that practice squad until it was clear there was a path to play. They didn't just bring him in and destroy him immediately there. So you can bring in a guy if you want, but what is it going to cost you? I think that is what you have to think about. What that veteran player will cost based off of how you're trying to build your roster right now. If it's going to be something relatively inexpensive, yes. If it's going to be expensive and you expect him to sit on the bench, that's the problem. Jacoby made eight mil last year. Okay. Um. You know, you start getting down the list of guys that, that maybe are the right type of person. Because I think a lot of it is being the right type of person to handle this kind of role, too. 
I'll say this. Whoever you draft, you need to make sure your other quarterbacks are basically of the same ilk. Same type of player. Yeah. I don't want to see if we were to draft a Caleb or either even a J- Danny Daniels. I don't want to see that guy. Backed up by The backup Darnold. guys be somebody that's totally different than they right, were. Right, Because you see in Baltimore, all their quarterbacks are basically the same. Yeah. Huntley's we, actually a free agent. That, that Robert uh, Kirk thing, don't want to see that again. Didn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. Because um, you have to change your whole offense relatively for the next person. Tannehill? How much is it going to cost? A lot. That's not, like Everything will come to cost. As I look at the extra quarterback you draw on the roster. Who do you think is older, Tannehill or Kirk? Mm, they came out around the same time. Report that she well, didn't give me that as a choice. You could have just said, since when do you care what choices but I But I'm give saying, you? you said, who's the oldest? Um, I'm sure <laughs> one of them's technically older. I doubt they were born the same day. Um, well, they're both 36 do, do right now. Let me know if I'm right. Who'd you guess, Tannehill? Yeah. All right, I'll look it up. <laughs> All right, Tannehill. Moment of truth here. Tannehill was born in January first. No, July twenty seventh of eighty eight. And Kirk was born in August. Tannehill was, was the he? Oldest. We said it yesterday. Kirk Cousins is a I think August seventeenth or oh, like August nineteenth. Nineteenth. There you go. What do you think the that was like a hundred dollar thing you said, right? That was not. Um, what do you think the free agency market for Kirk coming off a, a major injury is going to look like? You think it impacts him? I think it's going to impact him based off of how far along he is. See, we can sit up here and think about Michael Vick when he came back. No, 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 no. Was it Mike? Mike came back from yeah, like fast as hell. Well, he. I don't think it was injury. It was dog I thought the, fighting. No, who was it? No, Agent Peterson. That that was his uh that ACL was his knee. though. Yeah. But like this Achilles thing, we don't know exactly how he's gonna happen. I know back in the day guys put the big old boot on and the, the ankle thing and played with it. Will it affect Kirk? Would you rather have Kirk or Baker Mayfield? And 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 I'm guessing Mayfield's at a reduced cost. You don't think Mayfield is going back to uh Tampa? I do. After having a year like this? I do. But yeah. I'm, I'm asking you, like, you're in charge. You can make a run at either guy. Would you rather have Kirk or Baker? I would take the Baker from last year because he has a lot more you years get, left. You get all of Baker, <laughs> last year and previous years. Well, I think he's learned and he's now on that right track. I'll take Baker because I think Kirk, with his, with his injury and now being higher up there, his, he, he don't have as much left as our Baker does. Baker turns 29 in April, mm-hmm. um, and best I can tell, never had the big injury that Kirk just sustained. Kirk's about to turn 36. Baker's going to be 29, so that's a seven-year age difference. Mm-hmm. And, dude, I think we kind of sleep on how good Baker was last year. No, he was good. That's what I'm saying. I'll take Baker from last year. Uh, not a ton of yardage, but over 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns against 10 picks. Not a ton of yards. He's over 4,000 yards. Hell, in 17 games in the modern NFL, 4,000 yards ain't that much. 4,000 yards is a lot compared to not many people going to be getting over 5,000 all the time. He averaged 240 a game. That's legit. Well, dude, and you know what else is remarkable that I, I feel like kind of gets under-talked about? 
I mean, Baker is now won two playoff games with two different organizations that haven't been winning a heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's not fair to say with Tampa because they just won a Super Bowl a couple of years with yeah. Brady. But, I mean, Cleveland hadn't won a playoff game in how long? Ever. Um, I wonder – I mean, it seems like a foregone conclusion Baker stays in Tampa, but I almost wonder if there shouldn't be more talk around Baker than there is. If you don't probably be a lot. I think technically he has a void year left on his deal, so maybe that gives the Bucks some level of control. I, I I don't know. I mean, it's just a straight-up void year, so I think it just gets X'd out. But maybe they're working on a long-term deal. I mean, here's my thing. If I did, if I had to do a long-term deal with either Kirk or Baker, I think I might be feel more comfortable long-term with Kirk, even though he's older, even though he's coming off the injury. Baker, I feel like Kirk, you could settle down, get married, have children. You know we're going to mow the grass and take the trash out and and function. But he's going to be focusing on just the process. Baker, you don't know what you're going to get. I yeah. might want to date Baker. I might just want to. Chill and have some uh, wild yeah. nights. And if you don't want to have a lot of fun, you better go with the dating. And... <laughs> I'm saying, like, <laughs> if I have to give one of those two a four-year deal, I might lean Kirk. But if I can do one year, just pay you a lot, let's see what we got. Let's see if we can recreate this magic. I think I go Baker. That's what he did last year. Speaking of recreating the magic, John Kime joins us next.